Welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MD? I'm doing great. How about you? Yeah, I'm sure you're doing great. Gold's been ripping the last two weeks. It's been a pleasure to watch. Unbelievable. Um, First of all, I want to apologize a mild bit for my comportment. I'm I'm due for a haircut, and um, I just haven't been able to get around to it. So uh, do me a favor I, and don't get it butchered. Would you let it grow? I think I've said this on the show before where you have these lovely black undyed all natural. It really it's, is. It's, You're a handsome guy. Don't yeah, butcher it. Thank you. Thank okay. you. So uh-huh. Uncle Mark came to visit, uh, mm-hmm. you know, remember that mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so forth. And so uh, we've had this lady uh, uh, kind of like a housekeeper, domestic manager for us for 25 years and or maybe longer. and. I was talking to her the other day, and she was asking me how much uh, older my brother Mark was than me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She says, well, <laughs> he's completely gray, and you don't have any gray. I said, well, he's had stress in his life, and, and, and I've not. Um, so, and, and by the way, I, you know, he and I routinely go back and forth now. I'm convinced I was a shitty older brother. All I remember growing up was just kicking the living daylights out of him. And he just tells me that it's just, it just never happened that way. So now um, now that's funny. I thought, I thought Mark was older than you. I thought Mark was two or three years older than you. He's well, in the ways of knowing ladies, probably 10 years. Thank (laughs) you. uh, Yeah. So, um, listen, I, I'm abnormally anxious about today's okay. podcast. I'm sure. Mostly because, um, you know, I don't really prepare for these things, but this, this one, this one is so in my fucking kill zone. Uh, as, as, as Rory up at, uh, Lord river lodge said, let's not fuck this up. So, um, I asked to, to let the listeners know, I asked Liam to have a, a pad of paper because sometimes when I get excited, I start talking really fast and I lose my train of thought. So um, obviously Liam's the host and he's to lead the direction, but as a great creative director, he knows when he has an artist, he likes to let the artist run. And um, so um, only a fool would try and condense 5,000 years of history into 104 pages, we proceed. But we proceed. So um, just, uh, you know how Ted Shaker said uh, we need to open like a teaser and the music. And so 
I thought uh, adopting the Shaker method, by the way, Ted Shaker, CBS Sports. 13-time right? yeah. Emmy winner. Keeps him in his bathroom. There you go. Guest bathroom. That way the guests can sit. Okay, so what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, is I'd like to split the show into two pieces. I'd like to split it into the current conflict in Europe. And then I'd like to talk about the uh, situation in the U.S. uh, financial markets. Um, This could be uh, verbal diarrhea. So if you need to rein me back in, please. But the, the, the reason I feel uniquely comfortable talking about the situation in Europe is because it involves Russia and it involves war and espionage. And I think, uh, well, fuck it. It's free. If people don't like it, turn it off. Okay. So let me see how I go about this. Americans, especially, you know, our generation post world war two are very accustomed to carpet bombing, right? Bad guys over there. You drop a bunch of bombs, they give up or they don't. Generally, if we lose, we go home. You read right? a newspaper story three days after the yeah. incident. Okay. It's you don't get a, a real time high definition video. Right. Or yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. So um, you know, I had twice gone through Winston Churchill's World War II memoirs on uh, books on tape. And obviously the guy has a gift for writing. And as an aside, um, I think uh, history has given Neville Chamberlain a really bad rap, but let's save that for another episode. But the thing about uh, hearing about Churchill was he spent a great deal of time. Well, I mean, it's the definitive work of a world war. I mean, there's nothing before or since because he, he had everything going. And so during a real war, not drop bombs, go home, it's – um. Uh, are, are you seeing the levels move on this? Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, okay. yeah, you're okay. good. Okay. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So, for instance, you know, I think – wasn't Amy's grandmother a woman who worked in, like, the naval – uh, operations of code breaking and stuff like that. Yep. Okay. And didn't talk about it for 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. So back when we didn't have snowflakes and all that stuff, it was loose lips sink ships, right? Okay. That's number one. Number two, a bad guy was a bad guy and you killed the bad guys. Now there were rules because without rules, we live with the animals but, um, you know, I mean, Dresden is an example where maybe, maybe not kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to take us to Dresden. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm, I'm basically going to take us in pretty short order. So, uh, so, so far, I, I haven't um, cussed or used any offensive language. Okay. So, um, you will recall that uh, I'm a big fan of Nate Fick. Mm-hmm. I knew turn, you were. Yep. Turn the yep. map around. Okay. So I think 
uh, a son like Charlie Sheen, um, Sun Tzu, know thy enemy, know thyself kind of thing. Okay, so um, I'm probably going to speak uh, unfavorably to a Russian personality that lends itself towards being a criminal. And I do not mean that it's genetic through the whole population. But I think as I go through this, I think it's important to understand that uh, I have a belief about how they behave. And my belief is based on observation and interaction. Understood. I didn't read it in a book. Yep. I've, I've, I've been there. I've lived it, the whole thing. Okay. So what are we talking about? Nate Fick. I knew you were going to Nate Fick. I hope he runs for president. I think he's he's, he's, he's got a, he, he's today is his day. Yeah. And well, what's going on today? He yeah. is in the thick of it. For all right, so we're talking about Nate Fick, who is, I believe, a decorated former United States Marine. And when he left after his service to the country, I believe he started a cybersecurity firm of some sort in that realm. Yes. Morris, Morris yes. can tell you more. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was called. Uh, it'll come to me. Mm-hmm, at some mm-hmm. point. But I did come to meet him through the security firm, but he had started out working for this, uh, working with a group called the Center for New American Security. And um, he was working with this lady whose name escapes me. It'll come to me. But she was, and may to this day remain the highest ranking woman in the Pentagon. I forget her name. Lovely with, the te- with the Texas accent, the lady from Texas, is this who you're talking about? Yeah, you, you've talked about her on the show before, but any, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not Victoria Nolan. It's the other lady, and I've, 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 I just, I'm having a senior moment. So. No, that's fine. But today is Nick Nate Fix Day because this was 10 years ago. How long ago has he been in this, in the cybersecurity realm? How long ago were you yeah. approached about that? That's that's going on a decade ago? Uh, I don't think, let's say between five and 10 years. Okay. I, I, I heard about it from my friend Shelly, and she and I flew down to uh, Virginia to meet the guy. And um, it's called like Hot Point or Sharp Point or something. And anyway, they were sold to Arthur Anderson and end of story. Um, but that's where Nate talked about turn the map around. Okay. And I, I just, I wouldn't say I think about that phrase every day, but I think about it a lot. And so that leads me to the concept of thinking about uh, the Russians. So um, the Russians, especially the ones in power and the ones with the money, have certain behavioral characteristics. And we'll come back to that in a minute. I mentioned on a recent episode how, you know, I've read the biographies of a number of these dictators over the years. And do you remember that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I talked about, you know, Hitler, Stalin. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. yeah, Churchill, but, you're always reading them. Yeah. The, the dynamic of how these guys gain power is pretty typical. They're generally a bunch of thugs. They got a bunch of thug friends. 
And the goal isn't so much, it might be philosophical, but part of it is engulf and devour, right? It's like if I'm the king, it's good to be the king, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you see this type of behavior where they'll, they'll group together and they'll be a first among equals. And then the first among equals will surround himself with like-minded people. And then the people, the like-minded people, their job is to protect the quarterback, right? And then the quarterback, when he gets the winnings for the Super Bowl, he divvies it out. Mm-hmm. And the bigger the pie, the more there is to divvy. Okay. You're, you're with me so far, right? Absolutely. Okay. So in a uh, an abbreviated sense, that's how Putin got to power. He had a bunch of guys and I don't know, Yeltsin, this, that, I don't care. Don't remember. But the bottom line was Putin was KGB, as they say. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to you in English because I don't know they all our listeners speak Russian. But in the translation is once KGB, always KGB. So now Putin has got this group of guys around himself, and uh, they're 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 criminals. They're they're criminals, and why I'm comfortable saying that, even though I haven't met him, was you may recall. Uh, Early in my career, I worked for a French grain company, and we did a lot of trading with Russians. And the trading floor was rife with stories about how the Russians used to cheat deals, how they'd break contracts, just lie, the whole thing. So, you know, here I am, let's say 27-year-old kid from the Midwest, you know, truth default theorem. Somebody tells me something, I assume it's true. All of a sudden, I'm hearing these nasty things about the the Russians, but yet they've got some evidence to back it up, right? So anyway, I stick it in the back of my mind and carry on. And over the years, I, I see more of these things where they don't honor contracts. But everyone wants to do business with Russia because it's debatably, the wealthiest country in the world. And and the reason I say that is because, I mean, the land mass is enormous. So they got the most oil, maybe not the most oil, but they got a ton of oil. They got a ton of gold. They got a ton of silver. They got a ton of diamonds, right? And history, Russian history has been nothing more than people going in there digging the shit up, selling it, spending it on themselves, and killing people that got in their way. Yeah. Okay. So I guess what I'm trying to say is um, I'm giving myself some latitude to paint the government Russians as bad guys. Mm-hmm. That you think from I your, can get- Yeah, from your perspective and dealing with them firsthand for the last 35 years. Yeah, okay. So- their state of mind is get power, get the assets. Once you get the assets, you know. Yeah, 
Huck, keep, Huck the popula- is, keep the populace happy as long as you can and stay in power? If, if necessary. If, the, if you can stay power and they're not happy, that's fine too. Okay. But power is number one. Okay. So um, let me try and collect my thoughts here a little bit. So now I've, I've sort of explained to you how a guy like Putin gets into power, right? Okay. So it's a little bit of the if you're riding a tiger, as long as you're hanging on, it, it you're good. It's great. Okay. So, um, as you know, you, a few other guys are part of this uh, collective group we call team, right? And so for people listening, I've got several friends I'm very fond of, and quite often someone will do something nice for someone or someone will help something out. And the answer is always team. Okay. So uh, as this thing started to unfold with Russia and the Ukraine, you know, there's a lot of discussion that Russia needs hard currency. I mean, everybody needs hard currency, right? And so I believe I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it occurred to me that if the Russians were banned from the SWIFT system, that uh, that's game over. It's like your heart stopped. You can't pump the blood to the rest of your organs. You're talking about SWIFT, which has been all over the news the last 24 hours? Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so... It's 6.15 this morning, Eastern time. Um, I was up and uh, 6.14, excuse me. And I saw a headline that says, uh, so-and-so says support for Russian SWIFT ban, Ukraine update. And I circled it in red and I sent it to my team. Okay. Now, at this point in my life, there's, a small number of things that really cheer me up. One of them is when somebody I think the world of comes back to me and says, you nailed it, that, that cheers me up. And I got an email from a team member, 8.22 a.m., quote, you were ahead of this one, was noted and on the pad. So in trader speak, it's, High five. Okay. So, of course, you know, being 61, a little emotional, I I had a moment. Um, But uh, at that point, I knew as right as I was, they're not going to bounce Russia off the Swiss system. They shot it down immediately. Well, regardless, apparently, there was a there's a public uh, figure who likes to go on Twitter and uh, talk about what he thinks. Um, I forget the guy's name, but it was the guy. I think he's well, from Chappaqua. We, yeah, I think he's from Chappaqua. Bill Ackman is that who you're talking about? My, I'm not sure. I, I don't I don't I don't like okay. names. Okay. But it was it was the guy that when he was making a ton of money was on CNBC crying. Well, there's been a well. That's Lee Cooperman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lee, that's Lee. right. Lee cried <laughs> <Okay>. too. 
There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> Stop. Right. That, I mean, Lee, Lee is all right. Okay. Well, all right. Well, let me read. Well, let me read you the, the, the what you're referencing to, so we can get right. this. So we can get this. Happening. Yes. I wouldn't want. All right, this is this is a a well-known person. Okay. I want to keep, I wouldn't want to keep money in a bank that can't access the SWIFT system. Once a bank can't transfer or receive funds from other banks, its solvency can be at risk. If I were Russian, I would take my money out now. Bank runs could begin in Russia on Monday. That's verbatim what he said today. I don't know, two hours ago, Saturday afternoon. So, um, thank you. So let me, let me, let me, is my sister one of my sister's favorite phrases when I say I like to unpack something? <laughs> so um, now that guy, uh, I think terrific guy, right? I mentioned him, mm-hmm, incredible mm-hmm. partner, yep. world class mind, but he's a stock guy. He's not a bond guy, and that this is big here. Okay, so first of all, there will not be a bank run in Russia on Monday, and I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you why. You know why? Because the banks won't be open on Monday. Bank. Neither, yep. O- over here. Box. Yep. Over here, we call that a bank holiday. Mm-hmm. And if you think it never happened, read history. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it happened for a couple weeks under FDR. Wow. Okay. okay. Yep. Okay. Secondly, and uh, once again, this is why a stock guy wouldn't understand this. The SWIFT system is multi-layered. So if you kludge the thing up, maybe Putin can't get his money, but then Papa mm-hmm. Joe can't get his money either. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So you you go about this a slightly different way, which if you're gonna be snowflake, uh I'd invite you to turn the podcast off now. Okay. Um, and don't come back because you should be able to nut this up. Um, what I saw today, let me see if, if I can find it without fucking up the broadcast. There's a list of 11 members of the Russian Security Council that have been named by the U.S. Department of the Treasury, and they are going to impair their assets. Valencia, somebody, Sergey, Vlasyov, Sergey, Nikolai, Vladimir, Alexander, Igor, Igor, Vladimir, Viktor. For um, just out of respect for their privacy, I didn't mention their last names. Okay. But so now those people, if they have any assets, those assets are going to be impaired by the U.S. Treasury. You don't need to shut down the SWIFT system. Here's why. Let's go back to the Morissette's analysis of how Putin came to power. He came to power by promising all his buddies, you come with me and we're going to be rocking and rolling. Yeah, his hundred oligarch henchmen. Yeah. So um, once again, I, I just, you talk about, Maybe you have your moment in history. So uh, fans of the show may recall that I spent three years traveling up and back from London for work. And so uh, 
I had a lot of experience observing Russians, and I had a lot of experience observing um, Arabs. But let's focus on the Russians because they're okay. So basically, uh, the ones I experienced is it one percent? Is it ninety nine percent? I'll let my historians a hundred years from now argue what the, the percentage was, but they all behaved the same way. They gambled, they drank to excess, they took drugs, and they hired prostitutes. Okay. Uh, so now you got a bunch of guys. I'm not sure exactly, but my sense is those four things is expensive. That's not free, right? So I, I, I don't know why you're asking me. <laughs> I'm just making conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is just too much. So <laughs> at some point, uh, Cheryl, world's greatest, decides we're going to take like a family vacation in Europe while I'm while I'm working there, right? Mm-hmm. So. So it's Morris and Cheryl Sachs from the Midwest. It's their three daughters who grew up in Greenwich, plus Morris's sister and brother-in-law who are like social worker and college professor. Mm-hmm. We end up in, I don't know the name of the hotel. If I remember it, I won't say it. But I believe it's in a town in Spain called Marbella. Have you heard of this? No, but but sounds like Spain. Okay. okay. So because we're the kind of people that if you go on a vacation, either go on a really nice one or don't go, right? So um, Cheryl gets us booked into this really nice beach club. And uh, it wasn't really what I expected. We're more of the... Four Seasons, family-oriented, right? Yep, peace and quiet. Yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. I rolled down to the pool with um, my wife, my three daughters, sister, brother-in-law. And I look, and it's, I guess, to try and compare it to what Americans might know of. You know, the. um, I think I'd never been, but like, that hotel, the Hard Rock in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. they have like that swimming pool with all the, the crazy yes. stuff going on. Spring break. <laughs> right. Okay. So first of all, there's half the thing is full. The other half say- is. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I was going to say the pool. Could, could you go for a swim in the pool or was it everyone yeah, up to their uh, waist dancing to the pulsing well, music? <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of both. So okay. we get that. We get there. <laughs> And um, it's early. It's it's like 10 a.m., right? Because kids and – but it's like there's all these chaise lounges, and I, I start to sit down, and a guy comes up. He says, that's reserved. Like, uh, okay. Well, how, how about that? That's reserved. Oh, long story oh, yeah. short, 500 bucks later, mm-hmm. I, I got set up, right? Okay, you got fine. two chairs and a towel. <laughs> I think for the 500, I think we each got our own – Okay. Chair and towel, but okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, it, I, re- I remember being really, 
Yeah, I know you're laughing. True story. <laughs> I love I love this stuff. This is true story. I, I know have, I could see you. <laughs> I have because I, I have, the girls are enjoying it. The girls are enjoying it. Cheryl knows that there's that you're it's aggravating you. <laughs> my first of all, my girls have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Cheryl at this point. God love her. Doesn't know whether to shit or go blind because she because she put us in this spot, right? And and so, what are you going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's say we get there at ten o'clock, and uh, the kids are in the pool. It's lovely. We're overlooking the ocean, and it, it was it was a really nice family vacation. Around eleven a.m., um, the night crew wakes up. Okay, and come two types of people come down, men and women. And I'm going to give you a very generic explanation. Okay, the men, let's say they're in their 50s, okay, but they're at least 100 pounds overweight. Mm -hmm. They're severely tan. At this point, I'm sure they've all died from some form of melanoma, okay? Their gut is so big, they can't see their toes. And um, as an older guy, I'm sensitive to this. I feel bad for them, but they have the man boobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whatever mental image of what you want, this is what we're looking at. Throw on top of that some Gianni Versace <laughs> swim trunks and then like gold fucking medallions. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and then and then not just the obnoxious huge gold Rolex, the one with the fucking diamonds all over yeah, it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. Pinky ring, yeah. Exactly. So these guys, um, they're barely lifting their feet up their walk. That they they got the nail fungus, they got the flip-flops, they sit down, they flop down. No money comes out. These guys have reservations, right? Okay. So you can tell they're groggy, and the the cabana boy comes over, and it's basically the usual. Yeah, usual. Okay. The cabana boy goes away. And the guy's sitting there just kind of sunning himself, getting deeper into the melanoma. And then he decides he's going to lube himself up with the baby mm-hmm. oil and glisten in the sun. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a few minutes later, not one but two bottles of DP show up on ice. Now, this is like 11 a.m., right? Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. It's vacation, you know? Yeah. Who wouldn't? And so um, right now it's 2.04 p.m., so I'm assuming – Nobody's listening is eating. Okay. So anyway, you got this orca fat dude lying on a couch. Mm-hmm. He's got two bottles of DP on ice. In fact, if memory serves, it was the rosé. Okay. Okay. So he's sitting there and you can tell he's getting a little itchy because the food hasn't turned up yet, which by the way, Seafood tower, caviar, the whole thing. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. A few minutes. By the way, you know, I'm not a writer, but I understand the way you become a better writer is you pull on a thread, detail, 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 detail. That's why I'm trying to do this. Okay. 
Plus, I got 28 minutes to kill. Um, so now that the men are in place, and, and I said average age 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now the, the women come down. And pre-Epstein, I would have said these women were in their mid-20s. But at this point, I'm going to say my judgment is impaired, and I'm not going to put an age on it. Okay. Um, these women who either were the world's best actresses or were willing participants to this uh, uh, you know, farce, they come down in these high heels, which when I was in college, we called them CFMPs. You can Google it. Anyway, these women are one kilogram north of anorexic. Okay. They have a bikini on that leads nothing to the imagination. Gianni Versace sunglasses. Diamonds everywhere. Now, at this point, let's call it noon. Okay. And uh, apparently noon is the line of demarcation to become, uh, to start with the cocaine. Oh, come on. It's Europe. Yeah, yeah. Things are different okay. there. So you have these women walking around in next to nothing. They're rubbing their nose because the mucus from the cocaine is coming down. Okay. And I got a hand, I got a hand to them. The athleticism, pretty impressive because they can be high on drugs and navigate these high heel shoes. Yeah. Pros. I, yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Could you? No, no, it's a broken ankle waiting to happen. Okay. Again, why are you asking me if I can walk around in heels? You get a lot of funny questions from me. <laughs> no, I, I'm just, it's, they're, they're rhetorical questions. I don't, okay. What year is this? this is, please, can you please tell me this is like the 90s and not like uh, 2013? Yeah. No, it was, it was sometime when I was working in Europe. Okay. Uh, okay. Excuse me. No, I wasn't in Europe. I was working in the United Kingdom. Okay. okay. Thank Understood. So let's say sometime between 1995 and 2000. Okay. Okay. All right. That that makes things a little better. So it's the 90s. Okay. So you have the horrible looking guys. And then you have these, I didn't, I don't remember, but I assume they were attractive women, but under the influence of drugs. And I only paint this uh, to set the scene because once again, it comes back to money. Right, we've already established. I can't get a seat unless I give him five hundred bucks, right? And then Mr. Joe Blow rolls in, does no money shows up, and he asks for the usual, and it's two bottles of champagne mm-hmm. right? at his cabana. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So these guys obviously have got some. Uh, what's the word? Dosh. Some I, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Dosh. I don't know. That's uh, slang. Yeah. So anyway. Um, I'm sure when, when Cheryl hears this, she's going to be so irritated because I'm just... No chance she listens. Come on. <laughs> There's two chances. <laughs> and, and Slim just left town. Right, right. Please. Anyway, the long... In the, I, I've got a purpose for this, and I still have 24 minutes, but... Uh, Dude, you got all the, day. I got nothing to do. The baby's asleep. Okay, okay. Um, the point is, this is the behavior of what these people are like. That's that's why I wanted to make the point. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's not 
earn a living, put some money in the 401k, pick your 13 stocks, send Fiona to college, have some grandkids, grow old in Florida. It's, you know, it's hedonism. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So uh, that's kind of what I see going on here. Now, over time, Putin gains power. And uh, for whatever reason, maybe it's the syphilis starts eating away at his brain. Maybe it's he's getting a little tired of riding bears in a stream. Maybe he's got the short man's complex. But he decides, and, and, and I think there may be an argument vis-a-vis NATO that gives him some basis, in fact. But I'm not going to allow that. Okay, I'm just saying he's a scumbag. Okay. So going back to my uh, breakdown of the geopolitical structure within the Russian party, he's protected by his gang of thieves as long as he can get the money, right? Yeah, like Anthony said, he's the richest guy in the world. Yeah. So no ticky, no washy, right? So now what's happening? The United States, and I'm sure other governments, realized if we choke off the money to the people in power, those guys are going to decide, we no need no Putin. We need a new guy to represent us, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, again, one of these historical things you've seen where people negotiate, for instance, with Hitler. But they, were, they tried to assassinate him with the understanding that they would be a more um, neutral government and rebuild. And, okay, so and I think there's something back in ancient Greece, but I, I don't want to spend time talking about that. Once again, the, the Greek, Greece, Latin translation is a little challenging for me. Um, and in any event, you're with me so far in this notion that as long as Putin provides for his men, and ladies, because I yeah. saw there was some women's names on that list. Their job is to support him as best they can. Mm-hmm. That, that holds water, right? Oh, yeah, that's all fact. That is fact. Yeah. Okay. So, in other words, why, why bite the hand that feeds you? Okay. Unless that hand stops feeding you. Bingo. The best part about this approach is you can get his own people to do your dirty work for you. Thank you. That's that. And it started to happen. Okay. So let me go through this a little bit just because it's fun. And now I've got 21 minutes left because I can do the U S stuff in about seven minutes. And by the way, (laughs) spoiler, spoiler alert, you're not going to like it. (laughs) So, um, uh, let me think, where was I? We're talking about getting rid of, okay. So the thing about, the oligarchs is not only are they not hard to find, they're easy to find, right? They got these. I mean, there's one on the tip of my tongue that I just want to say his name, Roman Abramovich. He owns Chelsea football club. I mean, you can go through the list. I mean, they're public figures. Like you said, yeah, yeah. They're not hard to find. So, but if a guy like that is in the United States, he is protected under rule of law, right? Outside of the United States, and I'm going to leave this to the lawyers, 
But outside of the United States, these guys could be considered enemy combatants, which means they're soldiers, which means you, you can kill them. Okay. So um, I don't know if it works exactly with boats like it does with planes, but I think it does something like this. These massive boats have this thing called a transponder. Some people in the old days might have called it a Loran system. It's a way of navigating and a way of tracking you in case you get lost, right? And by the way, these oligarch boats, they're not small. Like you, I know. Like, it's like the Great Wall of China. You can see yeah. it from space. Yeah, yeah. So, Dude, they're all down in Florida. All these guys are in Florida. You know, the boats in Florida, they're in Florida. There's three places. Work with me here. Florida, Marbella, and the C word, Cyprus. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. See? Why, why, mom, Cyp why Cyprus? Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Easy. Easy. We're, we got 19 minutes left. Okay. Stop looking at the so, clock. You got all day. Dude. I got a meeting at the Security stop Council. Stop, please. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've had too much caffeine. So basically, remember I said earlier how, you know, Americans are like, load up bombs on the plane, fly over there, drop the bombs. Okay. That's not how the Russians operate. That's not how the British operated in World War II. There were a lot of covert ops. There's a thing called the fifth column. I don't know if you've heard of this, but that's those are like spies. Mm -hmm. in, fa in fact, Churchill made a point when, uh, before he was prime minister, it was clear that he was going to be an important part of World War II. And he knew that Hitler knew him and knew he would be a risk. So that night, Churchill went and got police protection to make sure no one would try and assassinate him. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when we look at these oligarchs, okay, if you're an oligarch and you're in the United States, you know, we have laws here and you have rights. And that's why, like it or not, one of the greatest countries in history, right? Mm -hmm. Outside the United States, different story. So um, there are a number of instances not that long ago where the Russian government uh, either assassinated or tried to kill people by giving them radiation stuff and that kind Poisoned of thing. them, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's some great story about there's an uh, area in Red Square where there's like a two-meter space where it's not covered by security cameras. And one of Putin's enemies was shot there. So it was the, within yeah. centimeters of, yeah, know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Out, out of, okay, okay. So give me one second. That's why that's why Emmanuel Macron didn't want the nose swab from the Russians for the COVID test. That's okay. why he said, no, thank you. Okay. You're not putting anything in my nose. There you go. Okay. So, you know, sound a little silly, little, but it's happened. Okay. So basically, the way I would go about doing this is, uh, you know me, I'm a big guy about number one, if everyone's going to play by the same rules, let's play by the same rules. 
But if you're going to use rules which aren't great, well, then I, I think I should use rules that aren't great either. Okay, so this is what I would do. First of all, uh, and I'm going to try and do this with minimal loss of life, but, but we're a war, right? People die in war. So let's talk about the oligarchs with the big boats, right? You just send the Coast Guard or the French Navy or the British, uh, the British um, naval, the, the greatest navy in the world. And the let's, navy, just, yeah. let's just board some of those boats, check for illegal contraband, and let's put them in dry dock until we're sure that there's no dangerous materials in there. And so you get eight or 10 of those, you tie them up, make sure everybody's safe. Perfectly legal, I'm guessing, yep. Mar yep. maritime law. Okay. Yeah, preventive that's, check, yep. Yeah, that's number one. Uh, and I think that's kind of like the most legitimate thing. Uh, the, sec the second thing is the list of 11 people that I mentioned, you just go and you freeze their assets because the Treasury has the right to do that. So now the money stops flowing. Point, we didn't fuck with the Swiss system because the Swiss system affects 99.9% .9 of the people who are perfectly honest, legit, it's the lifeblood of the way the thing works. Okay. But these 11 people now, not only uh, do they have their name and a face in the post office, they have no access to funds other than some gold, which, by the way, I believe heavy to carry, and crypto, which I believe is like to carry, but we can circle back on that in a minute. Okay. So that's those 11 people. This is where it gets a little murky, and I'm going to speak hypothetically. If I, I'm going to talk to Michael in Italian. Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead. So, so it's happened in the past where governments have assassinated enemies. Familiar with that, right? I I've think there was. Yeah. I, I, one of my favorites is one government by a very group, a group of very bright but universally hated people. There were four people in a car. The guy driving the car was the bad guy, and the three people in the car were bad guys, but not bad enough that they wanted him killed. So the guy gets in the car the bad guy in the driver's seat, hits the ignition, the headrest explodes, blows the guy's brains out, he dies, everyone else in the car unharmed. So this kind of thing is capable, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So you asked me about Cyprus. Never having been, although I hear it's nice, uh, a lot of Russian oligarchs have assembled there. And so at that point, uh, you know, they probably, you know, running out of money. I don't know if they have fresh direct there. I don't know, like food, <laughs> you know, a gang of guys, you got to, yeah. you know, yeah. they sit yeah, around. Yeah. You saw like they, mm -hmm. they make the meatballs with the garlic and, yeah. the, and the bread mm -hmm. and the, Mikey, mm -hmm. tell that girl you love her. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so now they're in Cyprus, maybe, right? But now you know, now you know where they're at. And the funny thing about islands, they can uh, they can become uh, extreme weather happens very quickly there, right? Yeah, it's, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, keeping in mind, in the past, the Russians have put radioactive material into people. Uh, they've shot people in areas where there's no cameras. So if you're a politically connected Russian guy walking around the streets of Cyprus, um, I get my affairs in order. Because once again, not in the United States, and you're part of a you're, you're an enemy uh, combatant. Yeah. And by yeah, the, yeah. by the way, by the way, little known fact: if you're an enemy combatant and you are not dressed in uniform, you're considered a spy. Oh wow! Did, did you know that? I didn't know that. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can fact check that. Okay. So what have we got going on here? We got a bunch of people who like to have sex with young women and take drugs and drink and gamble. We have limiting their resources to, to the access to those things, meaning money. We now have the ability to potentially disrupt their movement. And it's all focused because some guy that they didn't like anyway decided he wanted to pick a war. Okay. So just to finish up the Cyprus thing, you know, middle of the night, you know, meteorite falls on somebody's house and destroys it. Okay. So you have this internal pressure to get rid of the political leadership. And then what happens is one of these guys in the group of thugs has a, a meeting with some of his other comrades and says, hey, you know, just between you and me, how about if I call, uh, you know. Carmine. Sec call Secretary of uh, State United States and say, hypothetically, if Putin disappeared and I turned up and said, I'd like to broker a peace deal. Would you deal with me? Mm -hmm. And uh, the guy, would, I'm sure the U.S. guy would say, of course, because whether he would or not, he, right, he'd just say yes. So, so anyway, that's how Putin goes. And what happens is all of a sudden the situation de-escalates, not immediately. But over time, people realize, you know, they did some stuff that was wrong. We did some stuff that was wrong. Going forward, we got to figure out a way to make this thing work. They should feel safe. Yeah. We should feel safe. Because we know if we don't feel safe, look what happens. Right? Can I, can I say a couple things about that? Of course Because I, 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 it's already started to happen. Um, 
quickly, they, they pulled the UEFA, the, the Champions League final from St. Petersburg. So you can kiss the, the Super Bowl of soccer goodbye. That's number one. All right. So those, those oligarchs are not happy about that. They pulled the F1 Grand Prix. All right. The, the Moscow Grand Prix. Say goodbye to that. So your race car party's gone. Now the tennis player has come out and denounced Putin. All right. So for a, a Russian athlete to come out and speak out against the president would have been unheard of 10 years ago. Probably cost him his life. Go ahead. Pussy Riot? <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Yeah, that, that okay. that's not long okay. ago. Um okay. that's not long ago. <laughs> yeah, so okay. they did that. So it's there there's already I mean, you saw protests in the streets of St. Petersburg, which normally those people get snatched I, up I, real quickly. I, I, so I think no, the cracks have already started in okay. the in the support for him. Okay. You know? I I, I haven't seen that because um Cheryl decided after my last podcast that I was complaining about a bad disc and I was tired and she looked it up and she discovered I was um, suffering from a disease called the Bloomberg withdrawal syndrome. (laughs) It's, it's a form of a generalized anxiety disorder. So I've taken a few days intensive uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, and I'm well on. I'm well on my way to being okay. better. But okay. so, but true story. I no, I haven't been reading the papers. Okay. I just, Good. I just, yeah. There's yeah. nothing so, new. <laughs> okay. So just to just to to close section one of Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. And by the way, I I do have a good title if I may recommend it to management after. But okay, uh, we'll see. So do you think that uh, on a scale of one to ten, ten being absolutely reasonable and one being, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, where do you where do you put my my concept? Oh, it's spot on. Yeah, eight, eight out yeah. of ten. Okay, I'll call it seven, seven out of ten. Okay, I'll take a seven. I'll take the take. I'll take. I mean, that's better than I did in college. Okay, so um, I'm sure there's more uh, that uh, um, I could say, although there are two Russian quotes I would like to add before. Just I, I could have weaved them in a little better. One Russian quote is, better I have no cows than my neighbor have two. Stop. Wow. And, Come on. <laughs> and this one's better. You ready? Why do you hate me? I've not done anything nice for you. These are these are quotes. Look Jesus. it up. Now there's got to be a translation problem there. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't. Okay. Wow. So okay. So okay. I got. Uh, give me six more minutes. Go ahead. Okay? okay. So here's what's going on. Gold was going up and up and up because the Russians good guys and bad guys were buying gold because they know what's going on. And, you know, whether it's a store of value or not, whether Warren Buffett likes it or not in the short run, it spends, right? So the price of gold starts going up, but then uh, Russians being uh, bright people, they realized gold is heavy and it's hard to move. And they can't 
have gold via an ETF because it's on an exchange. And okay, so what I think you saw at the end of last week, if you'll notice, gold traded up on Thursday, spiked up. Lisa, my daughter, and I did the HAVA, which of course resulted in the closing lower on the day. And uh, again, if I noticed, yeah, yeah. So, but what I think happened is this: because the markets, in theory, are in theory they move, you know, back and forth. But over short periods of time, it's basically a front end loader. You're digging up a bunch of asphalt and you're moving it over here, and it's lumpy, right? So these Russians realize. I got all this gold, but I got to move it. So what they do is they call the guys in London. They punch out all of the gold and they buy Bitcoin. Because I believe gold went down and Bitcoin went up, right? Okay. So stay with me here. Um, Once again, you're humoring an old man living out his life in the fantasy. But um, first of all, thank you, because I'm having the time of my life. This is as much fun as I've had in a long time. (laughs) Right, right, right. So now we've taken all these oligarchs who've taken their gold, they turned it into Bitcoin. Now, here's the part out of everything I've told you is number one, the easiest thing to do. And I'm convinced that our impotent secretary of uh, Securities Exchange Commission, Gary Gensler, is going to fuck this up. Okay. For the most part, this Bitcoin shit rests on an exchange somewhere. Okay. Regardless of what any technology guy tells you, I am thoroughly convinced, okay, you can disrupt the blockchain stuff, okay? Full stop. I don't care. The notion that they can reroute it, they can do this, they can, because all they need to do is get a half dozen guys with those jackets that say FBI in the back, and they walk into, you know, all those entities. And and by the way, I had a business. I saw this happen. So, I mean, it's not like I'm making this up. I was an owner, you know, it had nothing to do with me. I, I, this is what happens. They go in, they take everything. There's no, let me go get my cat and see if I can smash <laughs> my crypto phone. Okay. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you froze Bitcoin trading for five days, it's like that line from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Don't worry about breaking any of the rules because there aren't any. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you've taken these oligarchs and you've made them less and less liquid, right? And at that point, uh, QED, game over. Okay. So that's the end of 
section one inside baseball with old chestnut. Let me take a sip of water. Don't go anywhere. And because uh, I can tell you what's going to happen in the stock market. And like I said, you're not going to like it. What, a thousand point swings every day for the night until, you know? No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Don't, this is your wheelhouse, though. You enjoy you enjoyed this this week, though. Um, I, to be honest with you, those who know me, they might say this is the happiest week they've seen me in my entire life. Okay, what happens in the U.S.? The trade that happened on Friday, where the S&Ps went up by like 90 points. That's textbook bear market trading. That's just how it works. I could talk about the physics. Um, I could discuss my moments with Ray Kurzweil and Hyman Minsky, where I taught them about calculus and stuff. But anyway, it's, it's a bear market. So uh, what's likely to happen is you may get some initial what they call relief rally where the where the prices go up uh kathy wood raises yet another fund um we almost made it uh, you, you know what i've de- I've, i'm i'm in you know what i'm in so the market may rally but here's the story one of the areas i feel pretty competent in is understanding the Fed. Now, the Fed's very different than when I started, uh, but I'm different too. And the one thing I'm pretty sure of is there's a unanimity of opinion that we have inflation. I don't want to go into it now, but I have some boots on the ground that I can prove to you there's legitimate inflation. There's unanimity of opinion that there's inflation. There's unanimity of opinion that there's a shortage of labor, okay? The Fed is raising rates, full stop. Come March, if the situation in Europe is calm, they will hike by 50 basis points. If it's not calm, they will hike by 25. But it's getting hiked. Done. Now, here's... Something I would like to point out for those youngsters listening at home. The adults are going to try and predict how many tightenings are going to be by saying five or six or seven. Here's how many tightenings there's going to be. They're going to tighten until we are in a recession. If that's two tightenings, it's two. If it's 42, it's 42. And to try and pick a number on it, you know, if you want to because you want to value something, that's fine. But there's no uh, confusion about the mission. The mission is to stop inflation, right? No one has trouble getting to work. They're having trouble paying the bills. And the one thing the Fed can do is they can raise rates. So that's going to happen. That's number one. You with me so far? Yeah. Okay. The second thing is uh, when you look at a stock, there's the general market or 
there could be a, I think they use the word uh, idiosyncratic, maybe like stock specific. So you might have a scenario which may be great for one stock and horrible for 99 stocks. For instance, somebody seems to think Netflix is a great stock. Maybe it's just me, but I don't feel like sitting in the house watching TV no more. So that wouldn't be my go-to stock, but, you know. Uh, In any event, um, what I believe is going to happen with some high degree of confidence is this. Things are going to return to normal. Maybe a new normal, but normal. And one of these things is the price earnings ratio, PE ratio. Okay. I like to look at this thing called the Schiller PE ratio. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. Schiller seems like a good guy. And and he's he's I, been right for a while. <laughs> well, I'm not sure, but I know I can look it up for free and and I like free. Mm-hmm. Don't let me forget to talk about gold, by the way. Okay. 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 Gold? Not yeah, I want to come back to it. Make a note. Okay. But we're still talking about price earnings ratios. So if the Schiller price earnings ratio is 35, I'm just guessing, okay? That's very high relative just in a in a analog sense to where it's been for the last 100 years. If you pull up the chart and you just spitball where it is, it should be closer to 25, which, you know, like, Warren Buffett, math is easy. So if the Schiller price earnings ratio goes from 35 to 25, um, I'm just going to spitball it and say the price of stocks are going to go down just because that's multiplication. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So with rates going up and the price earnings ratios being on the high end, I, I would expect maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but I would expect for the next several months, stocks as a market are going to work their way lower. And I and I know if you like hamburger, when the price of hamburger goes down, you get to buy more hamburger. The problem is if the price of hamburger goes down too much and you buy too much too soon, the hamburger goes bad and you don't get to eat it. Okay, so um, I would expect the stock market, once again, the boy that cried wolf, I expect stocks to move irregularly lower in a volatile sense, okay, up 2%, down 2%, because that's the way bear markets trade. Two more minutes, because I'm, 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 running, I'm running out of steam here. No, I heard um, that statistic just the other day that the last time that the market had done what it did on Friday was in a bear market. So there's like, it, it's a fact. So when it moves that 2% up, whatever whatever the stat was, 1.8, 1.2, the only time the, or the most recent time or the only two times that it ever happened was in bear markets. So, okay. I mean, there's no debating okay. what you said. Okay, thank you. Now, two stories about gold. One is about Chernobyl and two is about current day, okay? Chernobyl. I forget the year, but whatever year 
the Chernobyl thing blew up the reactor in uh, Russia. So I was sitting at Aubrey Lanston, and this is back in the day when news came across a teletype, and I heard a ding, 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 and there was a headline saying Sweden and or Norway were picking up high radiation levels coming out of Russia. And it told the region of where that was, and I like commodities and stuff. So I picked up the phone. I called Cheryl and I said, what goes on in this part of Russia? And she says, well, that's where they grow all the wheat. Like, oh. So I call the guy I know over at the commodity broker. And at this point, I I have like no money in the account or a thousand bucks or something. But I, I knew the guy because, you know, we I grew up and he was one of the adults at the country club we went to. And, this and, that. and I said, look, here's the situation. I don't really know what to do, but let me talk to you about it. And I explained what I thought. And he said, so what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'd, I'd like, like to buy some wheat. And uh, he's like, uh, here, write this number down. Give me 10 minutes. Call and tell me what you want to do. So. Uh, I wait the 10 minutes and I call and the guy answers and I said, hi, this is Morris. And he says, oh yeah, uh, Mr. So-and-so called, uh, said, uh, you were going to give me an order. What would you like to do? And I'm like, well, I'd, I'd like to buy some, I don't know, July weed or whatever it was. He's like, great. How much? And I said, uh, what do you mean? He said, well, how, how many, how many contracts you want to buy? And I, I'm like, I, well, I don't know. I don't have any money. <laughs> he said, he, he said, just whatever you want to do to let you do it. So I picked some number. I don't remember what it was. In hindsight, it was immaterial. But at that point in my life, it was like all the money in the world, right? Especially because if I lost money, I, I, like I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. Right? So. Anyway, I buy a bunch of this stuff, and for like the next 36 hours, you know, 48 hours, I'm sitting at home watching CNN, and I got that uh, that stench of anxiety, right? Because I, first of all, I want the trade to work. Secondly, if the trade doesn't work, it's not clear to me what's going to happen to me, right? Anyway, long story short. I make a bunch of money, not enough to retire on, but enough that, you know, if five grand was a lot of money to you, maybe I, maybe I made 20 grand and that kind of gave Shell and I comfort about living in Manhattan and not having any money. So that's kind of a cute story. And um, I can't say I owe it all to Cheryl, but I can say, had I not seen the headline, well, I'm, I'm trying to be honest, right? Because What's the point of being sycophantic about the thing? It's not like she called me and said, I heard this, go do that. It was like, hey, honey, I heard this. What do you think? And the two of us collectively. The reason I bring that up is something similar happened here with Russia and Putin in the gold. So I went off the reservation a few days ago and I bought a little more gold because she said it's a war and 
he's going to go to war. And so once again, I actually might have made more money in real dollars on the Chernobyl thing, but it was a karma. It was a karma thing, right? Because I got all this gold. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the cute story. Incredible. But, incredible. So uh, why do I like the gold now? And full disclosure, I have X amount of dollars tied up in options. It's either going to work or not. Okay. I'm not going to mastermind this thing. But we are now at this inflection point where you have inflation, you have the economy rolling over, which is going to conflict the Fed between tightening to slow the inflation, yet the economy is slowing and the, the raising of the rates is not going to help speed the economy up. That's part A. So, so that... So we have negative real rates, which should be bullish for gold. Most importantly, and this is where I'm going to end. As we've discussed, I read a lot of research, okay? And I think the guys I read are pretty good. No one's ever always right, but there's logical, uh, cohesive nature to what they're saying. And they are all now universally saying the same thing, which in this environment, you need to have some percentage of your assets in gold. I saw somebody said 50%. (laughs) And it's coming at a time where I believe either the treasury is going to lock up the crypto stuff, or people are going to grow tired of the unicorn puppy dog rainbow Kathy Wood stuff about how you don't understand the future. And I'm not going to make it. Uh, and so the thing about commodities, which I love more than anything else, is they can behave in a way that I like to call it jump dispersion. So Mm -hmm. when you use a standard option pricing model, one of the assumptions is the security that the option is based on trades at every price. So, for instance, it goes from one to two to three to two to three to four to five to three to two. It goes back and forth in a trend. When you get a jump dispersion, you come in in the morning, it's at 18, and 20 minutes later, it's at 38. And that jump dispersion fucks up the models and it fucks up the trading. And it happens way more regularly with commodities than with general security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So um, anyway, uh, I think that's all I got to no, say no, no. about that. Good, because I got something. All right. I just got an email and I would never read an email that I got during the show, but it was from Leslie and I'm going to take the liberty. Yeah. Leslie Harris. All right. So Leslie just sends an email. All right. With the subject that says, now it gets interesting. He sends me an FT article. This is the headline. Roman Abramovich seeds control of Chelsea FC to charitable 
Foundation. All right. So huh. 20 minutes ago, that was the one name that you cringed when I used. Okay. So the FT is doing my work here. The move by Yologar comes as sanctions intensify over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. All right. Let me, let me read it. Billionaire Please. Russian old. But billionaire Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich has, has ceded direct control of Chelsea FC to the English Premier League Charitable Foundation as speculation intensifies about the next wave of Western sanctions. The move allows Abramovich to retain ownership of the club amid heavy scrutiny of ultra-rich oligarchs with ties to Russian v- President Vladimir Putin. However, it means he relinquishes any control over club matters. All right. So the dominoes are starting to fall, but there you go. FT reporting at three o'clock New York time that the oligarchs are already scrambling around, including the one that I named on the show 20 minutes ago. That's so cool. I'll post it to Twitter. So Morris and I can high five each other um, as soon as we post it. But yeah, there you go. Crack the, the oligarchs. La- there you go. The, the last thing I, I would like to say, and somebody who I think highly have sent it to me and I read it, and it talked about the price of gold. And the suggestion about what will happen to the price of gold based on a Bundesbank revaluation is so insane. Like I, I couldn't read it because it was I was gonna say you can't even you can't even repeat it. No, no, it, it, no, because it's the equivalent of Kathy Wood. <laughs> <laughs> saying, saying Bitcoin's going to a million or oil's going to twelve a barrel. I don't, I don't even forward you that stuff because it makes yeah. my eyes water, and yeah. I'm like, he's going to so. think I'm stupid sending it. <laughs> so, I, if I may, since you're the host, if I may uh, say, I'd like to say thank you. I'd like to say maybe we stop, and then post production, I'd like to give you. A title. Does that work okay, for you? Yeah. That's fair. And okay. if it's good, I'll use it. <laughs> I want to thank one of our listeners, Greg Brophy, who um, inspired us to get back into the booth this week. You know, he posted on on the website that he doesn't pay the big bucks to have us clowning around and taking two weeks off. Um, so we will not let our contract negotiations with the network get in the it, way it, of episodes, and we will be back on our he, regular schedule. He did say. Dig deep. You can do more than you think you can. Here, here you go, Greg. Enjoy your weekend. Take care. Thanks, pal. pal. I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye.